Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Best of all, Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We've got some special guests this this uh, evening, day, afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, go ahead and roundtable, introduce yourselves. Well, I'm Matt Sipe. I'm the pastor here at Hilltop. So um, you normally listen to my voice, but I've got some guests that are in town uh, this week too. So maybe I'm going to let each of them introduce them and tell tell us uh, who you are, where you're from. Uh, they're all clergy, so where you serve and what that's like a little bit and your context so we kind of know who you are. My name is Brian Marcoulier. I serve as the senior pastor at Calvary United Methodist Church in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeehaw. <laughs> Not what we say, but oh, okay. nonetheless, um, I, it is in the kind of heart of the 440 loop in Nashville. Uh, so just down the road from Music Row. Um, so that's my neighborhood in context. So one of the well-known places where a lot of musicians got their start is Bluebird Cafe, which is just down the street from where I serve as a pastor. That's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, Matthew. I'm Matt Fowler, and I am the senior pastor at Kearney First United Methodist Church in Kearney, Nebraska, which is, by some accounts, the geographic center of the United States. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm Rob Hamilton, senior pastor at the United Methodist Church of Geneva in Geneva, Illinois, about an hour west of Chicago. Awesome. My name is Jake. I am one of the pastors at Decatur United Methodist Church in Decatur, Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a (laughs) reading? Howdy, y'all. My name is Jake, and I'm one of the pastors at Decatur United Methodist Church in Decatur, Mississippi. Wow. (laughs) Got to make sure you drop in the y'all all all the time. I'm sorry. My name is Jake, and I am one of the pastors at Decatur United Methodist Church. I liked it better yesterday when you said co-pastor. Mm. Co-pastor. Yeah, just do your Sunday morning. So the thing you need to know about Jake is he serves with his wife. His wife is also a United Methodist pastor. They're a clergy couple, husband and wife, serving at the same church. There you go. We are co-pastors. Awesome. Yeah, that's nice. It sounds way better when Matt said it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what the the deal was there, but. I have very little experience in big time things like this. This I'm very nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how many people at your church? What's, What's a normal Sunday look like? Six to twelve. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Uh, we we have lately we've been averaging about seventy five. See, that's good. Right, you're in this room right here with a few other of your friends. That's n- that's no big deal. That's true. That's but just you're here with us. Thousands, mm-hmm. thousands of listeners, and I just don't know how to act right in front. If seventy five people listen to this podcast, yeah. like I would be tickled pink. <laughs> the the key word is potentially. Potentially. That's yeah, right. we don't know how many people actually listen, and it doesn't really matter. You're just in this room with us. That's, that's all. Right. Okay. Just pretend like the cameras aren't here. It's us and God here, and that's that's all we need to know. Yeah, and then we can go. continue on. Well, Grandma Sipe's going to listen at least four times. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> you have to send it to your mom, too. She'll listen. 
So I forgot to say, I'm uh, Justin Klein. You hear me at the intros of it, and I'm a member here at Hilltop. And so I think it's best if I just let you guys roll. I know Matt's got some questions. and Yeah, so I think one of the easiest ways to start is I'm, I'm curious. I'll share mine, and I can go first if you want. Like, what's the best thing about being a pastor? Um, you guys have all, we all graduated seminary together. We all graduated from Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary in 2008, which was a really interesting time to graduate and come and start our years of ministry together. Some of us had had some prior years working in churches and things like that, but that's when we kind of went out on our own back to our home states. So you've been doing this for about 15 years. And, you know, like, what is it that, like, what's one of the best things about what we do? And the way that I'm going to answer that is I love how I am invited into people's lives at pivotal moments and, get to walk through them or walk through things in their lives. And I just, they're like holy moments. It's a birth, it's a wedding, it's a funeral. Um, it's a tragedy that strikes uh, in their in their family. And the holiness to be invited into that. You know, normally when a family has a tragedy, you don't tell anyone. You don't even tell your coworkers. But you call the pastor and the pastor comes and gets to pray with you and help walk through. So that's one of the best things. But then the, the pat answer that I always gave to that, it was like, the best part about being a pastor? The babies. <laughs> Baptisms, <laughs> like holding the babies, kissing the babies, just uh, cooing over the babies. So what's the best thing about being a pastor? I'd echo that, Matt. I was going to say the same thing. And I, I know, you know, your follow-up question is what is one of the hardest. And I think um, one of the best things is also the hardest things to get invited into people's lives, especially in times of uh, difficulty or tragedy and, um, you know, taking um, that on and just being compassionate and, um, and being a presence is sometimes difficult. At the same time, I would agree with you. It is truly a holy and sacred privilege to, to try to be like Christ in the midst of a storm that somebody's going in or, you know, oh, there's celebrations too, right? You know, uh, you know, I love presiding at weddings and watching couples whisper things to each other that no one else can see unless you're six feet away from them, you yeah. know, and it's just really special to be able to, to think that, you know, you know, somebody that, you know, isn't terribly necessarily close to them, gets invited into a front row seat and uh, or to walk side by side with people in those moments. Cool. I agree. Go ahead, Fowler. Uh, those things aren't wrong. Uh, I like those things too. Uh, and I suppose one of the things that also is uh, kind of fascinating and wonderful about ministry, but also kind of it could happen more, uh, is seeing kind of people experience Jesus in, in a life-changing sort of way. Uh, so we've been kind of promoting small groups, which is a Wesleyan kind of thing, uh, seeking to intentionally share faith life together. Not necessarily just a Bible study, but like share our lives like we've done over the last uh, 15 years. Yeah, almost 20. And uh, somebody messaged me and said, Hey, I just felt like my life has been, uh, like, we thought it was a season in which we're just really busy. Uh, and then that season became, like, years, and it's just a lot. Uh, and uh, so uh, we're going to start coming to this small group uh, and seeing if we can reorder our lives because we need Jesus' help to do that. Uh, and wow. uh, that was really, like, it's those moments, uh, and they're kind of few and far between, and I think that's the hard thing is those moments are 
sometimes few and far between. And, uh, well, Matt made me read this book uh, (laughs) recently, and so I read it on the way up here. Uh, And uh, part of the book is basically, and, and Jake's sermon yesterday was probably the same thing. Like, we have very little, like, we're responsible for all of that, uh, a spiritual resident spiritual leader of the church, you know, the person who carries the person of Jesus in some ways officially in the life of the church. And we really have no control. Yeah, the Spirit's going to do what the Spirit's going to do. And people are going to do what people are going to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we can work really hard on every one of those things, you know, the great bulletin or the great podcast, or the great sermon or the fantastic mission thing. And it, the Spirit might or might not yeah. Change people's lives in a way that they can realize. Yeah. And maybe maybe it even changes somebody's life that you didn't expect. Does that happen? Oh, we have for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we don't get all the stories either. Yeah, we need to be good at telling those stories. It can be hard sometimes, but just shouting at the from the rooftops, you know, here's what Jesus is doing today in Kearney, Nebraska or Mankato, Minnesota. How about in Decatur, Mississippi or Nashville, Tennessee? Jake Adams Wilson. This is Jake Adams Wilson from Decatur, Mississippi. And first, just to uh, fi- catch everybody up, the re- uh, to, to, to fill people in on the sermon that Matt Fowler just referenced, I preached a sermon yesterday that was very impactful. And <laughs> a lot of people were really touched by it. A lot of people were saying, you know, it was one of the most impactful sermons they've ever heard big time. So, the best part was when the preacher sat down. That was good. I mean, there's nothing like sitting down after you've preached the paint off the walls. Oh. It's really something. Uh, so it, that, that, just to fill you in on what Fowler was talking about there. but um, Is there I a would, place that we can catch this sermon? Is there a podcast? or a? Unfortunately, no. Well, it was a one-off. Yeah. No. It was wow. just However, a, Jake is the most awarded preacher of, of the five he, of us. Wow. Uh, doubly awarded. Yeah. So um, we're on retreat together, and when we get together at the retreat, we started with the opening worship, and Jake was the preacher at our opening mm. worship. So it was just the five of us. Mm. So I will treasure that sermon in my heart with my four brothers. And yes, and also for our listeners, I was just joking. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't particularly uh, good or anything. It was just, that was just that. a little bit of tomfoolery. It was. It was great. But no, what's one of the best things about being a pastor in Decatur, Mississippi? I would say the best thing about my job and the worst thing about my job are it's the same thing, which is people. Basically, sure. people is the best part of ministry and the worst part of ministry. Yeah. Um, dealing with people, getting to be a part of people's lives, getting to meet fascinating people who do fascinating things like run a radio show. I mean, that's fascinating. You know, that's, that's, that's really cool. And get to meet a lot of interesting people and be part of people's lives. And then sometimes people can be challenging. Yeah. You know? Sometimes people make life difficult. Um, so I would say the best and worst part of ministry is the people. Yeah. I, I would echo that as well. When I was writing years ago for ordination, this is Brian from Nashville. And I remember writing the phrase, I have front row seats to the transforming grace of God, which is both exhilarating and also overwhelming because sometimes that transformation uh, is going through pain, loss, grief, drama. Like, so it's not all one one size fits all, which is part of what makes it both the best and worst part. Uh, I have seen people really care and offer amazing compassion and empathy and then I've seen them act like just total jerks and not care for one another and do harm to one another. And those are 
those are the hardest moments when you recognize that we're not all on the same page of committing to do no harm, which is pretty foundational to us as Methodists, that they were committing to do no harm, and yet I watch sometimes in people's conviction uh, that they do harm, but they guise it in so much God language that it, it it's almost like they're given a blessing upon it and mm. being the person who has to look at them and say, no, we don't bless harm that way. Uh, is a, is sometimes kind of is one of the hardest parts for me um, when I have to be the one to say, "Hey, that's not helpful to this community or to this relationship." Uh, so, yeah, I, I would echo what each of you have said that both the best and worst part of ministry is working with people and walking alongside with them. Yeah. Now, I, I, I want to ask a question before we yeah, please do before we continue on with what what you have here, Matt. <clears throat> and and I kind of want to um, put it out there. Not everybody understands even like what you guys are as a group and as friends, mm-hmm. right? Like right, yeah. people of the congregation don't necessarily know the amount of support even that pastors have and that they give each other. So I kind of wanted to ask you, like, what is this friendship? What is this community that we have here? What what are you guys to each other? That's a great question. So I'll kick us off, and then you guys jump in. We both, so the, the, the thing that got all five of us together was we all started seminary at the same time. I was literally moving boxes into my apartment at the Sherman Avenue apartments at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. And Jake's dad, may he rest in peace, awesome guy, comes up and is like, hey, uh, here's my name and I, I need you to help me with this stuff. And, oh, here, I have a son. He's going to go to seminary. And he just started talking. And so that's how I met Jake because his dad was very outgoing. Jake is not. And so he knew that Jake needed some help. Anyways, then we all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was that? Yeah, Jake needed some sideways help. Deal there. Making some friends. And uh, anyway, so we all. And then I was walking next to Matt Fowler at an orientation thing. And we started talking about camping ministry. Cause, and then one of the things that Garrett does is they wanted people to form groups to support each other while you go through school. Mm-hmm. And so. I was like, let's do that. And so I called a few people I knew, which is, and then they knew some other folks. We, I don't know exactly how, but it was the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that like brought us all together. And then we would meet weekly while we were going to seminary to support and encourage each other. And we've, we've walked through a lot of life together in that time. Um, you know, divorce and uh, heartache and pain from loved ones passing away, uh, celebrations when children were born and uh married new marriages and all, all that kind of stuff um so what else what am i forgetting what what else is so I mean, one you, aspect go ahead you it, underplayed i mean you, you can give the holy spirit credit maybe uh-huh. that's the right way but uh, like you have a strong desire matt to be the director in all things <laughs> yes i do uh, so i mean my memory of this is uh, i think i knew rob for some reason and rob says hey matt says that we should do this group together <laughs> And we sat in your living room and you're like, this is what we're going to do. We're supposed to follow these general rules. And if we don't, we're going to wash out or something like that. Was it in his living room? Or I remember one of those meetings being in Fowler's living room too, but nonetheless. I think that was much later. One of the the aspects that drew us together was we were all newlyweds. Um, Mm. Old man Sipe over here was the (laughs) longest married person of what, two, three years. I mean, it was, I was married for six years there, buddy. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, actually when we started seminary, I'd only been married for three. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it ranged from three months to three years. So, and one of the things that maybe people don't realize as well is that, uh, Dr. 
Alva Caldwell, I believe, is the one that did the yeah. Covenant Group kind yeah. of gathering. He was my advisor at Garrett. And he said, you may hear that a lot of marriages end a divorce, but in seminary you're going to change so rapidly in how you speak about God and your faith that if you're not careful, you'll leave your spouse behind. And so one of the things that drew us together was weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, we would gather our spouses as families to, to kind of share life together. And that was especially helpful uh, for for me and my wife. Um, you know, 18 years later, we can look back and say, that was a really rough season, but we had a community of people who cared about us mm. because we were nine hours away from our nearest family member. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it was really helpful. Yeah, we did a lot of, so not only what went to class together and then we did the real learning when we walked home from class and stood outside the apartment building for three hours talking about the lecture we just heard for three hours <laughs> but also um you know spending time together as families vacationing together and uh, doing all that kind of stuff and how long has that been going on since the fall of 2005 yeah so 18 years we've been together mm-hmm. yep and then after we all graduated and we went off on our separate directions back to mississippi back to tennessee back to minnesota um we decided well actually a couple people started meeting together like six o'clock in the morning and some of us the rest of us are like what six in the morning forget that i know jesus wasn't even up (laughs) yeah and so then they they moved it to a more reasonable time now so we meet every thursday at 8 30 on a conference call and we check in with each other we support and encourage each other and we've been doing that faithfully now for several years basically since we left seminary in one form or another that's awesome we had a one-year gap in there we we gathered a couple of us i remember rob and i gathered at a a continuing ed conference in kansas and we said god i miss being together and we had committed to a yearly retreat because one of the things that matt introduced us to when we were in seminary was ice fishing yeah these guys have never been on a frozen lake before that's not true. I had. Oh, that's right. In Nebraska, okay. you still have a little bit of ice. So, you know, so we had done that while we were in seminary. We said, we're going to commit to get together for a few days every year and have done that every year. Um, only one miss. That was on me that I missed one retreat, but have done that. And then we realized like every year, just as the gathering is too far of a distance and started the weekly call. Yeah. The other part about this too is what we have, I wish was not unique, but it is. Mm-hmm. because so many clergy are out there on their own, they're struggling and uh, different conferences work hard at trying to develop clergy relationships. Ours is unique because we all went to seminary together and we've remained connected to each other. But there's a lot of people, even in Minnesota, and I would guess in the other conferences that they graduate from whatever seminary they are, then they get plucked up and planted in wherever, rural Mississippi, rural Nebraska, rural Minnesota, and they don't know anybody, they don't have any friends, they don't have any connection. So ministry can be a very isolating experience. It's just like the pastor and his family in the church out on you know the Iron Range of Minnesota or the Prairie of Nebraska, and it's like, how do I have support? Who do I turn to? Who are my friends? And you can't really be friends with your church people necessarily that can be that can be an awkward relationship so um i wish it was not unique what we have but truly there isn't too many people so i guess the encouragement i would have for other clergy is to find your tribe like find your group find your people if you don't have one start one um and and work on developing those relationships because that's been one of the uh, biggest factors for me going through hardship we have all we all could tell you a story of the difficult hardships we've been through at churches and in our own personal lives. And we've shared that and walked those roads together. And I can't even imagine doing that 
on my own without help, support, friends. Um, because being a clergy person is so unique, it's uh, hard to relate to someone who doesn't have that same experience. Um, there are some jobs that are like that. Clergy gets to be one of those. So you don't really know what it's like to be the pastor until you are the pastor. Mm-hmm. And then when you are the pastor, it's like, oh, this is interesting and different. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, would, yeah. I got a question related to that. So if we're going to try and encourage other people to do this sort of thing as clergy or as lay people, like what's, what's the, di- like, I don't have any other friends, uh, but uh, <laughs> like, what's the difference between like whatever other people call friends and uh, this, like how, do, how does that get going or where does that come from? Well, that's a good question. But I think, but I think the main thing is, um, this happens with many lay people too. When they have a small group Bible study, they have a women's group, they have a whatever group that, and they're usually like around a shared affinity of some sort where they can walk through life together. There's a couple groups like that here at Hilltop. You probably know some of those groups too. So um, in your own congregation. So just how important it is to, to have that support. And that's what you were talking about earlier, Matt, that small group where the Holy Spirit can work in it. And you, sometimes you have them just for a, a season or sometimes you can have them for a lifetime, but they can be so important. But you're going to say something? Mm. I was going to oh. say um, to Matt and Matt, I'm glad we're expanding this beyond just clergy relationships. I think these are the kind of relationships Christians should have, right? We follow in this Wesleyan model of this covenantal relationship. And to your point, Matt, I think you know what binds us together isn't just friendship or shared age and stage, but covenant relationship. Like we made commitments to gather regularly, to ask you know some questions of each other and follow a pattern and to be present with each other. And so those promises, that covenant relationship, I think is really probably the a foundational block in kind of these kinds of relationships that have been sustaining and life giving and nurturing for you know, most of our adult lives now. I'm Matt Seip from Mankato, Minnesota. Brian Marcoulier from Nashville, Tennessee. Matt Fowler from Kearney, Nebraska. Rob Hamilton, Geneva, Illinois. Jake Adams-Wilson, Decatur, Mississippi. And I'm Justin Klein from Mankato, Minnesota. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at mankatohilltop.org.